Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Rip. And I am Jumby. And today we are going to review another episode, specifically episode two of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. How do you feel about it? It's a classic. It's one of my favorites. It's the go-to I go every Halloween when Are You Afraid of the Dark became <laughs> accessible. Paramount Plus, we're looking mm-hmm. at you. Yeah. Zebo the Clown. Yes. For those of you who don't know, this is the episode about Zebo the Clown. Zebo the Clown is a classic on the Are You Afraid of the Dark trope. If and if He's, you talk to anybody who's watched the series as a child, the, this is probably one of the episodes they remember the most. It is notably the first time that we, the audience, get to experience the terror that is Betty Ann and her stories. The goat. Yep. This is the first Betty Ann story. Fortunately, it is not the last. It is the one and only appearance of Zebo, though. Yes. But he gets referenced a lot on the other episodes. He does. He does. That's how much of an impact he makes. (laughs) And then I won't spoil too much, but there's a certain somebody who appears in this episode that I was not expecting. (laughs) It's it's nice. It's nice that you can still watch these and um, these episodes rewatch them and still find things to cling on to well not cling on but just in oh i didn't see that before (laughs) yeah new details that you didn't notice yeah Uh, how will so we um how'd you feel though how'd you feel i liked it because i was actually scared of it i i still think zebo is terrifying especially real life zebo you know, like that one half and a half a frame shot of real life Zebo, which I now know is a certain actor <laughs> in makeup. And that actor is amazing. And I'll talk about him in a bit. <laughs> but it was actually this person and he looked psychotic. It was terrifying. That one scene alone, that one like two frame shot <laughs> just did the made it for me. If that's all they put on the screen, I would be like, I got scared. That was a good episode. <laughs> Just two seconds. Oh, wow. That's a good two seconds. Oh. Yeah. Huh. The, there's other aspects about it, but like that's the main thing. Like They actually had a scary villain. Maybe I didn't connect to the characters as much as some of the other ones, but like that villain was good. Yeah. Um, it's just the fact that back then, this was what made in the 90s. And I don't know what budget Nickelodeon had for Are You Afraid of the Dark, but bravo to them. They mm-hmm. really, every episode always, um, always got me hooked. <laughs> like every, every, well, specific, well, th- for this episode, we'll talk about the other ones when we get there, but specifically this episode, how can you, I can't really draw a creepier clown for TVY7, you know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. there's scarier looking clowns out there, but if it's like, oh guys, we want to make this scary, but kid scary, but still like, scar them for the rest of their life scary, but not to that extent. And that's, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's how you would do it, yeah. They're clearly pulling heavily from like, the real life or um tragedy that of john wayne gacy like wow. the guy who dressed up as a clown and actually killed people because mm-hmm. they're they're pulling from that a lot which like a lot of these clown stories are but they they pull they they, they seem like they're inspired heavily by it because of like the old newspaper clippings of zebo the clown it just looked very reminiscent of the type of clip outs that you would see from that story yeah. if you look it up and his whole backstory is kind of the same thing. Yeah. So 
I wouldn't. I, I think it's safe to say that Betty Ann intended to scar everyone with this story. She read up on that, did a history report on it, and she's like, "I'm going to terrify everyone today." <laughs> Some of the other kids, they tell stories, and like you know, there's little things here and here, here and there because of their gaps in knowledge. Like um, the science doesn't always check out in their stories. Um, Betty Ann doesn't have much science in there, but man, she knows how to tell stories. She knows how to write. I think Betty Ann's like a writer. I agree. And that's why her stories are so good because they're so they're based on real things and she just embellishes it a little bit and makes it terrifying. <laughs> I mean, she does seem like the type to research her her stories before she creates them. Mm-hmm. It's a sign of a good author. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet after she's like, guess what, guys? That was based on a true story. And then that makes it even scarier every time you hear that. So you're like, huh? <laughs> uh. I am Zebo, like uh, Frank hanging out with Doctor Vink. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> every story is real. Like <laughs> just Frank. <laughs> By the way, Frank, Frank is here. <laughs> yes, he's back, guys. Yes, he oh made my it, god, I can't believe it. Made it into the midnight. Society. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't show him right away, so I was worried. It's <laughs> like no, Frank. I kicked out. <laughs> that was fast. No, he's here. Everybody's here. The full, the O O O G, the original, original, original cast, is front and center. Still, still being led by Gary, the one true leader. You know how there's like a leader, but yeah, in the ranks there's also the MVP, like. Like, he may be the leader because he organizes everybody, but there's that one person that you don't want to mess with. That's mm-hmm. that's Betty Ann. Yeah. yeah. She is the GOAT. <laughs> so something interesting right off the bat for this episode is the way that it starts. Like, um, they don't start with the main cast getting ready to tell a story. That's true. They start in the story already. We just, like, we're already there in this carnival in this fair mm-hmm. and we're looking at the rides we're looking at zebo's ride it's terrifying i don't know what it's called but it has like a big dragon on the top and then a little clown with a cigar representing zebo <laughs> and two little girls are exploring it you're seeing all the effects in there and it, it's a creepy atmosphere which already makes you feel uneasy it's just like mm-hmm. why don't they why didn't we see the Midnight Society? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and soon to realize that as soon as... Yeah, go yeah, on. And it's all being narrated by Betty Ann. So she's already setting up the scene before, like, for us, before uh, it even starts. Yeah. <laughs> she's ready to go. She sat down at that campfire and just started spitting out a story. No one even asked her to do it. <laughs> Off the dome, right? Like, she'd hit her research yeah. like months before, but this is just off the dome. She just sat down, like, all right, let's go. It's my turn. I can't wait, guys. I don't have time. Go. <laughs> so yes, um, the it uh, the scene that she's the setting she's trying to narrate and set for us is um is an amusement park called Playland, and specifically that um she shows us the um, was it the the zebo's lair <laughs> the spook house mm-hmm. called um laughing in the dark so it is called laughing in the dark and we go into that lair we see all the cool stuff in there mm-hmm. as we go through we see like a vampire we see frankenstein all the classics we see a real life terror a paper mache dra- dragon thing that spits fire, super dangerous. I was afraid of that. I was like, "That's gonna go. That's gonna be bad. Real fire. It's gonna burn down the whole place." Yeah, yeah. real fire. Yeah. And then we see two girls go in, and, and they're just like screaming at everything. The the vampire, they, um, and then they eventually like the the two girls are running around the 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 spook house. And eventually they come into the lair of Zebo, where it's just a room with a bunch of different uh, shaped doors. They're not traditional doors. They're all 
kooky and wild and pentagon <laughs> shaped or octagonal shaped <laughs> <laughs> just different polygon shaped doors um mm-hmm. and one of them will get you out but the other one will be like a dead end but there's one specific door that once you open it out comes the man of the hour Zebo, with his red nose freaky ass teeth <laughs> all lined perfectly rectangular teeth a cigar in hand a b- <laughs> you're like old school money sack in the other hand and you just hear him laughing as he just as this animatronic pushes out in front of those two girls who scream their lungs out I mean they should have picked the right door I don't understand <laughs> and then we don't see what happens to the girls How come? because Betty Betty Ann's story is so scary that it it's it makes Christine just break the fourth wall and she's like I'm done with this Enough of this frame narrative. I'm not listening to this story anymore. I'm out of here. I hate clowns. I hate you, Betty Ann. I hate everyone (laughs) in this group. I'm going to leave. And then, you know, like everyone, we get to see the whole group now. And now I'm excited to see everyone. I don't get to see Frank right away, but he is there. He's hanging out with his jean jacket, looking cool. Uh, Obviously, Betty Ann's there. And she's just like, come on, Christine. Don't be so lame. It's not that bad. It's fine. If you want to chicken out, you can um kiki's really laying it into christine for freaking out she's like laughing at her giggling just like huh what a chicken was it she's like uh, we got finally found something wrong with miss perfect which everybody's like ooh. (laughs) so Kristen, of course a lot of pressure and that you know what apparently being miss perfect is important to her because that did the trick and she's like you know what i'm gonna sit down because i am perfect i don't want to (laughs) fall yeah (laughs) that's that's what it was it wasn't her pride getting called into check right (laughs) nope nope she's like you know what you're right i am perfect let's go and then betty ann was like hey i didn't say it (laughs) i I didn't call you (laughs) she thought it but she didn't say it she didn't disagree. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair point. And then the boys, I mean, we didn't really mention the boys. Gary's there, the leader, you know? At least I feel like he's the leader. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Gary's the leader. We, we got Gary there. We got Frank somewhere off in the corner. We have David, Mystery Man David, who, like, I don't remember still. <laughs> And then apparently there's a boy named Eric. Mm-hmm. And I also don't remember him. You know, I don't remember him more than I don't remember David. <laughs> Who are these boys? <laughs> well, that's what happens when you go through like the top 10. And they just go scatter around every season looking for like the best ones. Instead of actually going that's in order. This is, that's why I said it's the um, OOG cast. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet David or Eric won't make it to season two i'm i'm throwing it down right now because i don't know but i feel like one of them ain't coming back maybe they don't even make it past like halfway through season one (laughs) i don't you know what you're right i'll throw that down too next episode (laughs) one of those two here they're gone everybody gets one story everybody gets one (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't even know how many episodes there are maybe that that is true everyone gets one story (laughs) Is that true? Is that how it works? I feel so. Everybody, I, I think. Mm. I don't think there's a cast member, the member of the Midnight Society, that didn't get to do one story, because that'd be really weird and lame. Well, if it was a character who didn't get to do a story, his name would be David. <laughs> that's also, all I'm saying. All right. So you're gonna throw down for that? All right. That's a good. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see episode three. Uh. One thing I want to point out. We don't know what happens to these little girls after Zebo comes out. Nope. We can assume they're safe, but we don't see them again. I mean, maybe Zebo got them. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kristen, Kristen with all her bozophobia, as Eric 
politely pointed out. Um, she still was like, you know what, fine. She'll sit, she sat down, looks Betty Ann right in the eyes, and said, do your worst. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Betty Ann's like, oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, I'm just here to tell a fucking 10 out of 10 story. I don't care if you're here or not. <laughs> um, Betty Ann's like, yeah. I will. <laughs> and she proceeded to tell the scariest story in all of the episodes. <laughs> so, so of course, Gary hands her the pouch. And now we see an official, for the first time, an official member throw the concoction powder from the bag into the fire so that it roars. And then we can edit. It, it roars just big enough so the entire titles can fit into the fire. Um but submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, Betty Ann calls the story the tale of, the la- of laughing in the dark. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, he had to, he had to do it because obviously Betty Ann forgot <laughs> in her haste to terrify Christine. <laughs> um, so who are the how do we start off the story? So we start the story. We're back at the carnival. We do not get to see what happened to those two little girls, either because Betty Ann forgot where she left off or (laughs) Siebel got them. We don't know. So we carry on from there. And the boys are, well, they introduce the characters that we're going to spend some time with here. Mm -hmm. So we see three kids walking through the park. We see a loudmouth boy named josh and he's he has you know beautiful orange hair he's much taller he's kind of a jerk and you that's pretty clear off right off the bat he's his humor seems to be very mean-spirited he just likes to tear down his friend and you know it's just a joke dude kind of way but it's (laughs) kind of mean yeah and then he has his friend who is named ouija W-E-E-G-E-E. Now, I don't know if that's a traditional name, but that's a very strange name to me. I've never heard of that before. I and then assume, he has a little sister. I assume it's yeah? um, It's short for Luigi, but they never outright said it. So, <laughs> Or maybe it's like Ouija, like Ouija, Ouija board, board. and they didn't know how to spell it. Nice. Mm. Nice. It is already for the dark. And then Ouija's little sister, Kathy, who... I guess the parents were like, you know what? We're not going to go crazy with the name this time. We're just going to name her Kathy. <laughs> you know, like, I get Ouija. She gets Kathy, a normal name. Okay, whatever, <laughs> man. Fine. Somebody was planned. So <laughs> we get introduced. We get introduced to those characters. And. and yeah, teasing. Josh is just being a jerk. They're teasing each other. Yeah. They're um, Josh is just saying how much Ouija was being a little baby for like being scared of the ride, screaming because you know you're not allowed to scream on a ride. Apparently, you're just supposed to like hold your breath and just contain all that into your chest. But no, yeah, <laughs> like then, a man, repress it. <laughs> yeah, like a real man. A real man doesn't show emotions. <laughs> and Ouija was trying to fear. play it off like he didn't do it. Oh, he was like, "No, Kat, that was Kathy." And then she's like, yeah, I was screaming because I thought you were going to barf. <laughs> and then Ouija's just like, you narc. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's the most like middle school, elementary school uh, <laughs> argument. It's cute. It's nice, you know? It is cute. Uh, so their walking and teasing ends up leading them to... In- uh, ends up leading them in front of um, the spook house laughing in the dark. And all three of them are just standing there. And Josh is like, hey, why don't we go in? And Kathy and Ouija are like, no. <laughs> don't you, haven't you heard? That place is actually haunted by the ghost of Zeebo. And um, they're Everybody that, that, you know, those playground rumors, they heard that that place was actually haunted. 
there's a lot of creepy stories coming from that place they don't want to go but josh was like he hasn't heard of any of it how come they heard it and he didn't so why should he believe their stories um and even even (laughs) in true josh fashion was like i get kathy being scared she's a child but you Ouija, ugh. and you know i feel like this friendship is just them arguing a lot (laughs) very toxic yeah to the point where Josh even starts calling him chicken and does the, the can't even do it. <laughs> there you go. I can't do it either. I don't know what chicken sounds like. <laughs> it's like arrested arrested development where they do. Yeah. Nobody's ever seen a chicken before. I just I'm just imagining Will Arnett doing the <laughs> I mean, Josh had that character's energy. He's just a big bull. <laughs> He's the worst. Um, but yeah, uh, but Josh did do a very, very, very good chicken impression with a flapping his arms all, all up and down, and everything, and the noise. And in that, he bumps into a character they called the Carney. This is a creepy villain-esque name, if you ask me. <laughs> um, now, this Circus Carney, mm-hmm. I have some words about him. He had a very familiar face. Yes, he did. He was played by actor Aaron Tagger, Oof. who portrays Dr. Vink from episode one. I have seen this Or at episode. least the first episode. I have seen this episode many, many times. I have never put that together. Like, it was only until you pointed it out that I started paying attention to the facial expressions. And I'm like, oh, that is Dr. Vink. <laughs> His face is so scary. And he totally sold this character as well as Zebo. Apparently... He plays Zebo as well. So when we see Zebo later on portrayed by like a human character, th- that is Aaron Tagger. That is Dr. Vink yeah. in costume, which is like terrifying. Yeah. Take a screenshot of that and never look at it again, actually, because it's terrifying <laughs> when it pops up. So, so this Carnival Barker comes out and he is played by the best actor in the world mm-hmm. who's never played a different character on the show. Apparently... This is Aaron Tagger's only other part. Wow. Zebo. Did not know that. Yeah. The other parts he plays, like the other episodes he's in, he only plays Dr. Vink. The other ones, yeah, just a one-off character. So, <laughs> you know, this is pretty special. It's a Betty Ann story. Like, he's only coming out for this. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I mean, I guess they yeah. just didn't want him to shave his beard and cut his hair anymore. <laughs> That's also true. So he comes and he puts the fear of God into Josh because Josh <laughs> is like, ah, I'm, I'm so cool. I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to have a really good time. And then he shows up with his creepy face and he scares the crap out of Josh. <laughs> and, you know, Josh plays it off. He's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm not going to go in there. I don't want to go in there anymore because he just says some really off-putting stuff like come inside. What's the exact phrase he says about oh. laughing in the dark? It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. Ominous. Yes. Super scary. (laughs) So he kind of like is trying to coax Josh in, but also at the same time convinces him not to go in because of how creepy he is. (laughs) He's like, come on in. He's like, you know what? I don't want to go in there. I'm going to go back to my friend's. And the friends also are like, yeah, for sure. Let's get out of here. I don't want to do that. (laughs) So they leave and then we transition out of this room into, I think it's like Ouija's room. Well, before that happens, um, we cut back to, because we got to check in on Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) We got to make sure she's still there. And she's there. And everybody's asking her if she's okay and she says she's fine but you know she's she's just hanging on for dear life just like counting the seconds until the, the story over is over 
Mm-hmm. Um, Gary had to be the one to be like, all right, guys, stop. Kristen, stay here. Let's give her a break. And then uh, Frank is just like, everybody needs to shut the fuck up again. Um, I want to hear what's going on. Like this, He's really into the story. And then mm-hmm. um, he's like, I want to know the history. Otherwise, everybody say it's scary, uh, haunted, all that stuff. And then that's when Betty Ann's like, well, I'll tell you. Good transition. And then we can transition back into Ouija's room, which is like just a hockey rink <laughs> with a bed. <laughs> I wonder if Frank was like, hey, Betty Ann, that carnival barker, he sounds a little familiar <laughs> to my story. You, uh, you sure you didn't steal that? <laughs> and then Betty Ann looks at him and he shuts up right away. He's like, you're right, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> It's like you're lucky I allow you to even sit there. <laughs> Every breath is a gift, Frank. <laughs> Remember that. Um, so yeah, so we're back at um at Ouija's room, in Ouija's room, and they're going over the history of the the haunted house, the the spook house. Um, yeah, appa- the John Wayne Gacy stuff. I I feel like if it's not based off of John Wayne Gacy story, it's john wayne gacy story <laughs> just yeah uh you know the the parkland the playland parkland the playland amusement park was actually uh, the uh, rebuilding of the 1924 playland amusement park and um one of the in the 1924 version one of the clowns a smoker named zebo stole four grand of the circus payroll which i don't know how much that translates to the 90s which i don't even know how much that translates to now so i was gonna say that's equivalent to like four million <laughs> but, well in 1992 apparently the worth of that money was drum roll dollars nice and now it's worth, I mean, now as in 2015, which is the numbers I'm looking up, <laughs> it would be worth $56,088.89. That's a salary that he stole. Yeah, it's a, it's a year's salary of like a, you know, a semi-decent job. <laughs> and after he stole this from the circus's payroll, he was chased by the police and he ran to the only place he knows, and that's the Playland Amusement Park. And he hid in the Laughing in the Dark spook house. So the spook, ho- the spook house is re- na- renamed. Like it's it's renamed. <laughs> like they renamed it again as <laughs> Laughing in the Dark. Uh, he, but Zebo went in there and almost got away with it. But like um, like a true criminal. He can't enjoy the scene of a crime without having a cigar. Well, I guess he can't enjoy any moment without a cigar. But he had a cigar, dropped it, and he started a fire that burned down the entire spook house with him in it. And then, a couple years later, a new Laughing in the Dark spook house was built with a Zebo animatronic dummy at the end. Just you know, to scare anybody, to scare anybody, the normal spook house, and then that's where the urban legend started, that the Zebo still haunted the place, and, <laughs> and this is where we transition to Josh just being like, <laughs> you know what we should do, <laughs> just start a tickle fight, and he starts tickling Ouija's little sister and chases her out the house. <laughs> And he's like, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna tickle you. And uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, we know we we're gonna we give these actors all like you know a free pass. We don't judge them too harshly <laughs> because of you know it's the nineties the TV show and it's probably their first part. But that line was very reminiscent of like the room level <laughs> acting, where it's just like you know what normal people do? 
Tickle fight. <laughs> and they just like chase each other around the house. And she beats him in the head comically with a trash can. And he gets up and he's like, what's the matter with you? Like, it, it's very unnatural. <laughs> yeah. And that's essentially what happened. She picked up a trash can lid and he was the momentum of <laughs> of the momentum of his tickling um, stance or setup carried him and head first into the trash can lid and he gets knocked out and then now now josh is angry <laughs> i mean i yeah. don't have to tell you kathy's angry josh is angry she... ouija's angry i'm yeah. angry <laughs> betty ann's obviously angry but inside <laughs> um she she hit him over the head and she's like careful don't mess with me or i'm gonna bung you in the head again which is a weird word choice and then ouija called him a feeb He's like, you're being such a feeb. And he's like, you guys are feebs. And I've never heard that term before. I don't know what it means. And I don't want to know what it means. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. I, the word choices there just very, made me very, like, is there some slang in the 90s I'm just not familiar with? I don't know. I can't tell you, unfortunately. Hmm. So, yeah, Josh is there. He's angry. He's making fun of them for being chickens and not going into the house. And then Ouija's kind of just like, hey, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but you also didn't go into that house, Josh. Ooh, so stop talking shit. Damn. Mm. And then Josh was playing a cool, like, I definitely would have went in there. It was just you chickens who didn't want to go in there. <laughs> I would do it. So Ouija's like, you know what? I dare you to go in then. Go ahead and do it. Unless you're chicken. And then they do a really cool transition where like he grabs him by the shoulders mm-hmm. and then he pushes him in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So the camera fades to black and then he pulls him away from the camera and they're back at the park instantly <laughs> that same night. And it's just like, wow, you guys have a lot of free time. Okay. Same clothes and everything. Yeah. I, it was an interesting shot for like these types of shows. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so they do that. They're back. And now they're in front of the terrifying, laughing in the dark spook house. And they're talking about, you know, the logistics of proving that he went in there. Because they're like, well, obviously, we're not going in there because we're not stupid. So how do we prove that you're actually going to go in there and go through the whole thing? And they come up with the idea that Josh has to not only go in there, he has to confront Zebo. And steal his nose. And everyone is kind of aware that I guess you could steal his nose, even though that they've never really been in there, so they don't know what it looks like. I don't whatever. <laughs> they all are aware that you could take Zebo's nose in that special room that nobody's been into. And Josh is like, yeah, down. I'm going to do it. Bye. <laughs> and calls him chicken like a couple hundred more times. And then he goes in. Uh, notably, the carnival barker is not around. When he goes in. Only until he pulls open the doors. Mm-hmm. And then that's when. So he enters. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that's when. Uh, what he's like, He's like, hope I didn't scare you. Yeah. Now, this scene made the whole episode for me. It was so frightening. <laughs> he called him a lad. He did his crazy eyes. He went like, mm, come in, my boy. <laughs> and then he said the line again. What's the line about laughing in the dark? It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. Scary. But then Josh doesn't let it get to him. He's like, I know your game, old man. You can't scare me. And then he goes past him. <laughs> and he sees all the familiar sights. Yeah. He sees... The vampire. You know, he... He sees a vampire. He sees Frankenstein. Frankenstein. He sees the real fire attached to a paper mache dragon. It's very dangerous. And he just scoots past that. Yeah. And makes a mental note note to call the fire department later. <laughs> you know, you know, and then he, for, yeah. for a place that was previously burned out, it's really interesting that they have <laughs> real fire coming out of a dragon, a paper, a paper looking dragon. <laughs> Yeah, with its history, you think they'd be a little more careful. 
they get the fire marshal's approval, but no, no, <laughs> no wonder it got burned down. <laughs> That's the real culprit. Neglect. <laughs> so he goes in there, he passes all these cool stuff, and then he gets to the mirror, and he's being a huge dork. And he's just like looking himself in the mirror, and he's like, ah, look at me, she, and he's like making impressions and all that. <laughs> and then he goes to the other, like, Oh, yeah, he's making impressions, and he's like, yeah, look at me, I'm a clown, or something like that. And then he goes to the next mirror, and he sees in a real-life person, actor Aaron Tagger, dressed as Zebo the Clown with full face makeup, full costume, looking like the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your whole life. Hmm. His eyebrows are out of this world, halfway up his forehead. He looks so scary. I'm looking at the image now, and it's it's. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it. Ah, so terrifying. It's only on the screen for like three seconds because if they had it on the screen for any longer, this would get an R rating. <laughs> so good, so so good. And that is him because he's credited as playing the Carnival Barker and Zebo. Yes, like he actually played Zebo. I think that was him. That was, that had to be him playing in the mirror yeah. which is nice and if you look at it long enough like i am and i'll probably be seeing it in my <laughs> head later you can see it's it's his eyebrows there's no mistaking it nice. that is him Ooh, it's so scary okay anyway <laughs> so he gets past this i guess he kind of like wakes up and doesn't see the image anymore well before this and he before yeah. this um we cut again back to the because we got to trust check in on Kristen. <laughs> so that that's my role for this podcast. Just the, the Kristen alert. Is she okay? Is she all right, Kristen? What? How is she holding up? How are you holding up? Well, Eric isn't holding up so too great because he wants to get up. He has a cramp, and it's at this point we notice that when everybody had their own seat, now we have Gary and Eric sitting side by side to Kristen who's in the middle and she's very close to them like don't don't go very far away from me I need you all next to me <laughs> and Eric is like look I have a cramp I gotta get up and then she just grabs him and puts him back down she's like nope you're staying right there <laughs> and then you know Kiki starts talking more <laughs> starts egg egging her on more it's like hey why don't you just give up and say, say you can't handle it. And then she's like, no, I'm fine. Not even like, you know, like, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Keep going. So, And then Betty Ann's like, okay. I still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this was never a concern for me. I will continue my story. <laughs> I don't care about anyone or anything, really. I'm a sociopath. Anyway. <laughs> They go back to the story. Josh is still exploring. He stumbles across a special room. A special room where Zebo resides. Mm. And in this room, there are oddly shaped doors with random amounts of corners <laughs> and different numbers on them. And he has to pick the right door. Otherwise, Zebo's going to get him. So he stumbles around, he picks the wrong door at first, and there's like a skull behind it. Ooh, very scary, a fake out, nothing scary there. He opens the right door first, actually. He opens the door number four, and it leads him to the exit. But he doesn't take it right away because he's like, man, if I don't get the red nose, Luigi's going to think I'm I'm a square or whatever. And I, I definitely don't want that because of reasons, because I'm yeah. a little boy. Who cares about that kind of thing? So he... He goes back in, pretty brave of him. He opens door number six, and an animatronic Zebo comes out. And Josh is not very brave. He screamed really loudly, but you know what? I can't blame him because I was also very scared. <laughs> so Zebo comes out, and he's like, "It's only a dummy. It's a fake. I don't. I don't care. It's not scary at all. You're nothing." <laughs> and he goes to get it, and Zebo like jump scares him by like moving a little bit, and he's like, "Ah." ah Stupid dummy, I hate... Like, he gets mad at this point. <laughs> so he goes up to Zebo and snatches his nose. After he does that, he heads towards the exit, and he vacates the area. Right, and this is where I made a mistake. This is where we get back, cut back to the Midnight Society and 
the Kristen alert. So I jumped the gun on that one. I apologize. No, it's okay. You're just thinking of Christine and nobody else is going to. So it's, it's good that somebody is. <laughs> uh, well, yes, this is the part where Eric gets the cramp. He tries to leave. Kristen pulls him back down. Yada, yada, yada. Kiki talks more shit. Bedian's like, all right, are you guys done with your drama? I'm trying to tell a fucking story. And now we go back to the story. And it's I, it's good. You know, like, they're using this as a way to, like, transition to the next scene. So it's like, mm-hmm. as soon as Josh leaves the door, then we go back to the Midnight Society. And then when Betty Ann continues, it's like, okay, well, here's the next day. <laughs> so <laughs> we're back. We're back in, um, um, with Ouija and Kathy and... Ouija's wearing the nose, the red nose. He's it's on his. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. One thing before, like right when he left and he got the nose, underneath the door you could see, presumably cigar smoke Ooh, oozing right. out of the door, and like a bright light forming, just <laughs> indicating you know like there's a there's a, something going on here supernatural. <laughs> but anyway, we're back here. So yeah. what's going on? Um. Which is wearing the nose, and of course, you got Josh, who is already likes to poke fun at his quote-unquote friends, Ouija and Kathy. And so, how do you think he's gonna act when he actually got went through the entire um, spook house where they called him chicken and said he can't do it? He went through the whole thing and got Zebo's nose, and now. Ouija's wearing it. So all he's doing is just gloating and telling him that he's the hero and Ouija's the loser. And so we, and Ouija rightfully gets gets angry and just like takes out the nose and throws it. <laughs> like he's like, screw this. Why do I even talk to you? You're like a bad person. And like he throws the nose and Josh goes to get the thing and him and his sister I don't know the lines exactly, but they were just like, hey, have you ever noticed how Josh kind of sucks? And he's kind of a bad person. Like, why do we even talk to this guy? Like, let's go inside. I don't like this kid. And they, they do. They just go inside and close the door and even say bye, <laughs> which I don't blame him. He was right. being kind of a jerk. He was. And Josh, uh, he goes to get Zebo's nose. Mm-hmm. And then he, I guess he has like a sense that somebody's around. So he like peeks around the house, but okay. he doesn't see anybody. So he. He just picks up Debo's nose, looks around one last time, and you know, I guess heads back home because we don't see him realizing that they ditched him. <laughs> and then before we head out, as Josh isn't looking, you can see around the corner another puff of cigarette smoke. Whatever was in that haunted house has followed him to Ouija's house. Ooh. Mm. So Josh heads back home. It's now nighttime. <laughs> he heads way all the way back home in the dark. And he's not laughing. And he's reading a message from his mom. And he's like, hey, where the heck is everybody? And then he reads the message from the mom. She's like, I bet you didn't remember that I was going to the theater. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot. I completely forgot. <laughs> and then the weirdest thing about this episode, he reads that his mom leaves him spaghetti. And he's like, ugh. <laughs> disgusting like who hates spaghetti like that I, I guess there must be people but i don't understand that that's a treat that's like oh my god all the carbs in the world i'm gonna eat spaghetti yay it's it's i can't fathom not liking spaghetti or saying Ugh, uh, to it and that's crazy to me <laughs> but what i find weird is that she put it in the freezer because they have a perfectly functioning fridge that we see later i i, I don't know yeah <laughs> the weird family weird family going on here and she also left him a big tub of chocolate pudding mm. I guess that's nice <laughs> so he goes to the fridge he takes out his spaghetti Um, I think he puts it in the microwave Yeah, and he also takes a chance to take a little you know little fistful of chocolate pudding just puts his hand right in there like a Neanderthal, and he tries to eat it, and then something spooks him. 
So he drops it on the floor. All the chocolate pudding all over the floor. Uh, what a waste. What's going on? <laughs> so he goes to try and investigate and see what it was, but it was nothing really. He just goes to the closet. He opens it. Nothing, not, nothing there to scare him. He grabs his bat, but everything's pretty good. <laughs> then in comes a phone call. It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> but it's just Ouija. And Ouija is calling because he wants to repair this friendship for reasons nobody will understand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'm so sorry that I went inside after your verbal <laughs> abuse. It was crazy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I did that. I was acting up. We both did bad things, but really it was just you. Yeah. And Ouija's like, nah, don't worry about it. I'll tell you what. I'll only make you wear the nose for one day. And Josh is like, Look, I'm being real cool right now. Why don't we just forget about it? And he's like, sorry, sucker. And then he hangs up the phone. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Josh did not let that go. He let him. He said, you don't have to wear it for a week. You'll let it. <laughs> you can wear it for one day. And that's it. Or, or whatever. I, I think that's as nice as he's capable of being. Yeah. Um, But then as soon as he hangs up, what happens? Well, he gets a phone call again, and he's like, all right, Josh, like, no need to beg. It's not going to happen. I'm putting it back up to a week. He answers the phone. He's like, look, Josh, I can only do a day. That's the lowest I can go. And then he hears the infamous voice of Aaron Taylor say, <laughs> give it back. <laughs> give it back. <laughs> so obviously he's terrified. Uh, he hangs up the phone and then he hears some commotion in the kitchen. So he runs into the kitchen and he sees that the microwave is just erupting with smoke. Mm -hmm. And he's like, how the heck did I burn spaghetti (laughs) in the microwave? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And he pulls it out and it's just oozing or like, I guess, fuming with cigarette smoke. And he opens up the top and he just sees a bunch of cigars. Sorry, cigar smoke. He sees a bunch of cigars all up in his spaghetti. He didn't like spaghetti to begin with, but now he has cigars in it. Oh, man, it's going to (laughs) be disgusting to eat now. He looks down at the chocolate pudding that he didn't bother to clean up, and there's somebody wrote a Z in there. Very cute. They didn't write the whole word, though. There's a huge-ass footprint, though, right, with the Z on it. Just so to let you know that it's it's a huge-ass footprint, but if you you weren't sure, we're going to put the Z on it so you know. And Josh, Josh rightfully freaks out, and he just books it to his room, leaving the the bat behind, because you know, and and as he runs to his room, he closes the door immediately, and I don't know about you, but if I had if I had a scare like that, and I had a lock on my door, I lock the door but yeah i don't care how scared my brain is it would remember to do that (laughs) because that's part of my survival mode (laughs) but he was in such a panic that he didn't lock the door grabbed his phone and called the ouija and uh ouija's like hey what's up and then he's like hey man did you call my house before and pretend to be zebo and then and this is the interesting part ouija's like why are you scared? And then Josh is like, no, no, I'm not scared. Screw it. Yes, I'm scared. I'm scared. that, that, that I was scared at the, ha- the the haunted house, the spook house, and I'm scared now. And then I just want to know if you pranked me. And then at that point, you, you hear somebody else pick up the phone because at that time, you know, um, when houses, phones, when there was multiple phones in a house and one person was using it, if somebody else picked up the other phone, then both people will be talking at this into that one. Yeah, they could talk to each other, essentially. They're all on the same line, is the term that was used. <laughs> oh, gosh. How long ago was that? Damn. Like 20 years. <laughs> Almost 30. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so, yeah. Somebody <laughs> else picked up the line, and everybody in the household shares a line. Mm-hmm. So somebody's on the phone. He's like, man, Ouija, is that your sister? And he's like, Josh, we only got 
one phone over here. <laughs> so that's coming from your place. <laughs> and before all that, the words that they hear is give it back or I'm going to come up and get it. <laughs> or actually, you know what? It does happen after that. So they establish it's in the house yeah. and they hear Zeebo's voice say those words. Yeah. I'm going to come up and get it. Yeah. That's when Josh slowly turns his head and they have a close up of the lock and show that it's unlocked. He yeah. forgot to lock the door. Yeah. So he rightfully panics, mm -hmm. runs over his bed with his shoes on an animal <laughs> and he locks the door and as he's trying to lock it it's actually pushing forward they're actually yep. something's trying to get in yep he only just made it and you could see underneath the door there's little footprints <laughs> and a little bit of smoke coming through and then out of nowhere <laughs> a cartoonish balloon blows up very reminiscent of like it <laughs> where just a random balloon pops out of nowhere and the balloon says, give it back. Clearly, this Zeebo has a one-track mind. He just wants his nose back. He's not even a bad guy. <laughs> Clearly. He just wants his property back. Mm -hmm. Clearly. <laughs> so Josh comes out of his house, jumps onto one of his pool animals so he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> and then he runs all the way back to the amusement park, to the lapping in the dark, you know, attraction. And it's obviously off because nobody's there. It's like the dead of night. Could be like 3 a.m. And he he goes inside, which is the bravest thing I've ever seen. I would be <laughs> way more scared than this. I would have been like, oh, my God, first thing in the morning, I'm going to go. <laughs> Just sleep over at some at Ouija's house or some crap. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. I'm not going straight there. So he goes through it. Everything's off. It's a little creepier because there's no attraction music or like anything popping up. He passes the paper mache dragon. It's emitting smoke. This fire is going to happen any day now. It's just going to go off because it's, it's literally fuming, but whatever. I'm going to choose to believe that that was just natural, like bad fire safety and not Zebo making the smoke. <laughs> So he goes, he finds Zeebo's room. Inside Zeebo's room, there's like a big strobe light. He just walks in and he's a little disoriented. And all the lights are on, or at least it seems like there's lights in that room. Mm -hmm. He books it to door number six, where he knows Zeebo is. He opens it up and he's like, oh, hey, Mr. Zeebo. And there's nobody there, not even the animatronic. It's like <laughs> pitch black. Yeah, And he's like, hi, Mr. Zebo. I'm so sorry about this. I'm such a good boy. I gave you the nose back. Here it is right there. Just to show there's no hard feelings. I bought your whole box. Cigarettes. You must be out by now because <laughs> I saw so much cigarettes. I mean, cigar smoke. It's so crazy. Are we all good? And he closes the door. I mean, Zebo himself closes the door mm -hmm. and opens up door number four. And you hear a little bit of applause because that's part of the rides thing. It applauds when you find it. And he books it out of there. <laughs> and then... And then we... Yeah. Then we, then we slowly pan back. Mm -hmm. And we see... And what do we see? Our good old friend, the carny. And he's just laughing with a cigar in his head. And, and he says, It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. <laughs> And he slaps and smokes a cigar. And that's it. We fade to black. And by the way, the carny was talking to us when he said that. He wasn't talking to anybody else. So he was breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's it. We're and back at the, the campgrounds or whatever it's called with Betty Ann saying the end. And then Frank is like, oh. I had to be the carny the entire time. I had to be. But uh, Gary disagrees. He says, there's no way he could have all the, done all those things in Josh's house and then be, go back to the amusement park. And then David, whoever he is, David is, thinks that <laughs> uh, maybe the, the carny is just Zeebo's ghost. And Kiki agrees. And then Kiki, of course, she can't. <laughs> she has to. 
she has to take a dig at Kristen. She's like, uh, you finish the story, how you feel, you're going to have nightmares about Zeebo. And Kristen's like, your words don't hurt me anymore. I did it. I said, I'll sit through the whole story. And I sat through the whole story. Um, and then she's like, what do y'all have to say about that? And then Eric <laughs> is just has his like shirt over his head. And he's like, oh, well, it's a good thing you won't have nightmares. And he pulls the, his shirt through. And uh, um, I don't want you having nightmares. And it's like him with a clown mask. And Kristen freaks out and runs. And everybody starts chasing after her. <laughs> after her. <laughs> and Gary's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm meeting a journey. Cool. And he throws the water to the fire. And that's it. That's how it ends. <laughs> They're so mean to Kristen. Poor <laughs> Kristen. She did it. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, you're right. That's the whole story. It's all over. Zebo can't hurt anybody anymore because this was his only appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's done. He left his mark, though, because this is one of the highlight episodes. Yeah. It, the lore of Zebo radiates throughout the entire series, and we always hear him mentioned, but never seen again. So, a couple of things right off the bat. Uh, either Eric <laughs> just they all pre-planned it, knew what she was gonna, what stories Betty Ann was gonna say, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna freak out Kristen, or Eric just had a clown mask with him at all times, just in case somebody finally says a clown story. He knows how to freak out Kristen. <laughs> so kudos. It to was him. definitely the latter. He <laughs> he definitely did that. <laughs> Today might be the day. I mean, these are kids who gather around the campfire regularly to tell scary stories. Carrying a clown mask kind of seems on brand for them. <laughs> That is true. I was um, See? but yeah, that was iconic. One of the things that I always loved about this episode, not as a kid, because I didn't know any better as a kid, but later on as I started rewatching the series for nostalgia and, and the love of it, uh, was that you never really see who's after Josh. It's just the implication that Zebo's on the other side. But you never mm. see who goes after him, and I always loved that. Um, you hear him, you see the cigar smoke, and all that stuff, which has brought up some theories. What the the famous one is the one like Frank says is it's the carny that that goes after goes after Josh. Um, he he probably knows what he was doing. Because he, he obviously sees who goes in and out of the entire um, uh, spook house. Because he starts, you know, saying, oh, pick the right door or whatever. Pick the wrong one and he'll be there when they're in the the, the room of many doors. So he actually, yeah, he obviously has sees Josh doing something. So he could just be messing with him. But the other theory is that it's Ouija messing with Josh. Ooh, I like that. Tell me more about that. So, one thing that, because I've read these series already, one thing that just stood out to me is that when um, when Ouija, when, when Josh calls up Ouija and he's like, hey, have, have you, did you call me just now making that noise? Like doing the pretending to be Zeebo? Josh was, um, Ouija was like, why are you scared? Not, not he wasn't like no I didn't call you what are you talking about he he was quick like hey what you scared dude? You scared <laughs> so that makes sense yeah and he could have easily lied about having two two home phones but how did he answer the phone if he was there so if he was like playing the role of Zebo um that is true. You know, it could have been Kathy. She could have been the one messing with him because she's also a culprit. I, <laughs> I love the image of that. Kathy just lighting up cigars and <laughs> puffing smoke through the town under the door. Like, well, apparently, 
apparently cigars are easy to get because Josh just had one with them. He's like, hey, here's a box of cigars, but no hard feelings. <laughs> they basically give these things away to me. Oh, man. And, that is true. How did this child get cigars? I guess things were different back then. I don't think it was that different, man. I don't know. He probably paid somebody or took it from his dad. I mean, I, I think that's Maybe. the real story, like the real mystery. How did Josh get a whole entire box of cigars? But the the last theory is a combination of the two. Um, all mm-hmm. three of them, Kathy, the Carney, and Ouija, all banded together to prank uh, Josh. All three of them were like, this kid's a menace. And, you know, I can't even, I cannot picture it. But it would be funny to see the Carnival Barker character just chilling with these two kids. Like, let's scare the crap out of this other (laughs) child. You know, like, he's creepy enough. He would do it. But I can't see him cooperating with anybody. He's just so scary. (laughs) Doesn't even brush his teeth, you know. (laughs) He doesn't need to. He's a carny. Um, But, yeah, I mean... Those theories, in my opinion, make it much more fun to rewatch this episode. Like, you now you want to look out for all the details and see, you know, is it was it all set up or is or did Josh um, stupidly wake up the sleeping ghost of Zebo? I like it. I like the idea that. Ouija had some role in it because it, it would um, make that scene make more sense to me. So I don't know why he called to apologize for him being a jerk. <laughs> that never made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, that does work. So that would be cool. Yeah, because um, yeah, what does it do? It distracts him, right? So he, mm. whoever's there can can switch out the, the cigars with the spaghetti, put the footprint and dip or hide somewhere. Um, what else does it do? Uh, damn it. Draws the Z. Yeah, draws the Z. He was going to draw Zebo, but he didn't have enough time. So he's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could all, it could all play into it. It's one big prank. Why else would Ouija call up to apologize? That, like you said, it didn't make sense for him to be like, hey, I was a jerk. I got to take my, my comeuppance, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, the other, the whole in the, it was the Carney all along theory is just like, how did the Carney figure out where Josh lived? <laughs> I don't know. He had to have, well, I mean, he could just be a creepy Carney who That's followed true. him home. That is true. <laughs> I think at the very least, the Carney's involved because he was also at the park at the ending scene. Even though nobody's there, clearly it's not working hours. Yeah. Like no one's supposed to be there, but he was there. So <laughs> he's either a ghost or he was there working along with Luigi. So to add on to that, and I'm just putting so many freaking things together to make it sound like all three of them were working together. Um, mm-hmm. Josh had to get the cigars and he was not going back in his house to get the cigars. He jumped out the window of his second of his house <laughs> He jumped out the roof to land on safely on some kiddie pool equipment and he ran to get cigars and go to the amusement park. So there could have been it's enough true. time. There could have been enough time for for uh the carney to go from Josh's house all the way back to the Playland amusement park. That's true, that's true, because he they cut so it makes it look like he goes straight there, but he had to have stopped to get the cigars at yeah. the Seven Eleven or whatever that sells cigars to kids. So, yeah, yeah the, theoretically, whoever was in the house, they had enough time to get back to the park way before him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he had to have hid inside the Zebo room because when he gives the nose back to Zebo. And then the door closes and he leaves. The door closes, opens again, and then you see the nose is on the Zebo character now, yeah. the Zebo animatronic. So he must have been in there to put that nose back, and then he ran back downstairs to do the break the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it ties together. It's nice. but I know 
Yeah, it is nice. It's probably way more thought than anyone thought would ever be put into this story, the yeah. writers. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a good, like, like I said, rewatch it with your kids or rewatch it for nostalgia and see if you could find anything more, prove the theory, or just be like, nah, that was definitely a ghost. Maybe maybe some of these episodes I'd watch with my kids, but I would definitely skip this one because <laughs> these hypothetical children, I assume I love them. So I'm not going to show them a Betty Ann story. <laughs> you're not Sorry, you're not old enough to watch a Betty Ann story. Yeah, maybe when you're 25. <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll talk about it then. <laughs> Let, let's watch um, It instead. <laughs> Better option. <laughs> Uh, all right so yeah um highly recommend well it's one of the classics right one of the classics of are you afraid of the dark when you talk about are you afraid of the dark mm -hmm. this is the first story everybody talks about there's a lot of debate whether this is the best one or not we're doing this podcast to try and find out but we do know one thing betty ann is number one right now will she remain at the top mm -hmm. we think so <laughs> Yeah, probably. If she if this is not number one story, we can be sure that it is one of Betty Ann's stories that's gonna be number one. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. I mean I, I'm I'm ready to be surprised, but you know what? I don't think I'm gonna be. <laughs> Same. Cool. All right. So any last words, Jumby? It's the most fun in the park. When you're laughing in the dark. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening. Join us next time while we review the next episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And if you're joining us as we uh, review Midnight Mass, mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for joining us on that, too. We're going to do all seven episodes as well. Good night. <laughs>